0: Mays, we love you, we love your family. Always honored when you can be here. I want you to come, take your liberty today. Preach to me, God bless you. Amen, let's love God right now. Amen, let's love him all over the house. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. I will bless your name. I will exalt you. I will lift you up, God. I will praise your name. I will exalt you, God. I'll lift you up and I'll magnify you. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name. Oh, somebody go ahead and give the King of kings and Lord of lords the praise that he deserves. Can we do it? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Psalm 47, verse 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. But that same psalm, as I was reading through it this morning, something jumped out at me that never had. Maybe it's just due to the current circumstances. I don't know, but uh, uh, I want, amen. Brother Golf to read verse number eight. Psalm 47, verse eight. God reigneth over the heathen. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. I'm telling you, there is no time God's not in control. And you can say what you want to about this war between Russia and Ukraine. I'm telling you, God reigneth on, over the heathen. I said, God, there ain't nothing that's happening right now, amen, that God's not in control of. So quit your worrying, amen. If gas goes to 5 $6 a gallon, God's gonna make a way for us to be in the house of God, hallelujah. Praise God. When you travel as many miles as I do, I promise you, it, it starts getting into the pocketbook. But God's going to make a way. I'm not worried. I'm not fretting. Because God is always going to make a way. Amen. I was praying this morning. God said, have, not, have I not always made a way? And my mind went back over the last 20 some years. And I thought, God, you have made a way. Amen. God bless you. Amen. If you'll turn me to Galatians chapter 6. Amen. Galatians chapter 6. Amen. I want to say what an honor it is to be here. Amen. And uh, praise God. Brother Toby, I love you, man. And uh, they've asked me to do his mama's funeral. And uh, I'm going to do my best. Amen thank you God you know let me say this one of the first times when I started coming uh, I was downstairs and early in the afternoon I heard someone come in and man I heard a voice begin to cry out to God and I mean he was making these walls ring and I thought I got to go up there and get involved in that. And me and Brother Weems had a prayer meeting. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. He might be gone, but he's never going to be forgotten. Hallelujah. And this church I know loved him. Amen. I loved him. Every time we'd come in, he'd say, "Well, where y'all been? And 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 uh, how y'all been doing? And uh, been doing good." My wife talked to him, and. Uh, he would. Uh, he was actually a little bit younger than my wife, and uh, I'm probably saying too much info now. But, but uh, uh, what was it he said? Uh, he was talking. To- Let us know he had good hearing. (laughs) I've laughed about that. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to start reading at verse number 7. When you have it, say read. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's from this last verse I read where the Apostle Paul Writes to the church at Galatia and tells them to not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want you to notice that the, this verse is actually broken down into three parts. Amen. The first part of this scripture, the Apostle Paul tells us to not be weary in well doing. Then the second part says, For in due season we shall reap. And then the third part says, if we faint not. There is a process that involves, first of all, waiting, then working, and believing. You've got to wait upon the Lord because Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Man, I love that scripture. Then you have to work because 1 Corinthians 3 verse 13 tells us every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And finally you have to believe because Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 9 verse 23 Jesus said unto him if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth. And then he adds, Amen. The reason for waiting, working, and believing is because in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, according to one dictionary, there are 36 definitions of the word do. The one that seemed to fit to the point I'm trying to get across is something that rightfully belongs to you. And the word season means a special period. So I put both of these definitions together to come up with my own definition. This is per Terry Mays. Amen. So my definition says that special period of time when we shall receive that which rightfully belongs to us. (laughs) That special period of time when we shall receive that which rightfully belongs to us. And I've come to this pulpit today to tell someone besides Pastor Riggin, there's a due season or there's a special period of time when we shall reap if we faint not. I said if we faint not. And that word faint means if we don't relax or self-destruct. So it's from this single verse of scripture that I want to preach, don't be Weary. Don't be weary. Look at someone beside you and tell them not to be weary. Amen. Brother Riggan, would you pray? Amen. God, I'm you God. Thank you, Jesus. God, give us ears, God. Anoint me, God. Anoint me, God. Anoint me, God. Anoint me, God. Uh, Let's go ahead and love him right now. Amen. Uh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Uh, I know you've been standing quite a while, uh, but just go ahead and give God praise right now. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, I need you. I need you. I need you, Jesus. I love you, God. I praise your name. I praise your name. God, I give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing so long. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, the apostle John writes to the church, and he tells them unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. And when John took his pen in his hand to write to the church in Philadelphia, he made it plain that he is writing to a church that is clearly under attack. They are clearly under aggressive and pressure and intimidation. Philadelphia was a little church with little strength. She was a struggling church, amen, one who was harried and harassed by her enemies, a church that had possibly seen better days, a church that had possibly seen larger crowds, a church that may have only been a shadow of what it once was. Philadelphia was a weary church, but before I go too far down that line, I want you to note and remember that the message to Philadelphia doesn't start with a remembrance of their embattled and battered condition. Also, please note, it doesn't start with a feed message of sadness doom and gloom I said no, no, no the message to Philadelphia starts with a reminder of who is on their side for we read in verse number 7 of Revelation chapter 3 these things saith he that is holy he that is true oh God I feel the Holy Ghost he that hath had the key of David he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth Philadelphia may have had just a little strength but the one that is standing with her is the advocate of the godly he's the strongest of the strong he's the mightiest of the mighty Woo! and before we get around to acknowledging the fact that the church in Philadelphia is weary first we must establish the fact that God himself is on her side my God, my God she might not be much to look at Because she's bruised and battered but she's still mighty through God she may not have as many members as she used to have and the finances may not be coming in as strong and healthy as they used to be the enemy be harassing her on every side and the fight may be wearing her down but I want you to understand this very thing, the Lord Jesus Christ, the almighty God, he still stood with his church, he's not forsaken her and he He's not abandon her. The message to this weary church starts with the acknowledgement that God is on her side. And here's the truth about the church of Philadelphia. She may be weary and she may be weak, but she remains undefeated. Through the trial, she's not lost her faith in God. Through the storm, she stood on the promises of God. I said, though the enemy has tried to destroy her, uh, through a multitude of voices that have called on her, just go ahead, give up and die. The Lord says, you've kept my word and you've not denied my name. I said there's something to be said for a church that refuses to bend or bow and to definitely not kowtow to the devil's devices. I said, there's something to be said for a church that refuses to bend, refuses to bow, and not cow to the devil's devices. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's something to be said for a church that's tired, church that's weary, that seemingly has only a little strength, but yet it continues to hold fast and to stand upon the word. The message to a weary church is that the Lord has seen your weariness and he has seen the resolution of your faith and he has set before you an open door. God, I'm preaching. My God, my God. I want you to notice this is one church that does not receive condemnation from God. They are faithful to God. But despite being found faithful, it does not always produce results that are beneficial to the saints that are in the church. Yet despite the opposition and persecution, God has set before them an open door and no power on earth can shut it. My God, my God, I'm going somewhere there seems to be a lot of discussion about that open door and what it's supposed to represent some say that the door represents the church itself and to the lost God has given his church as a beacon of light a ray of hope in this dark dark world and that in this weak and weary church that he has refused to close her doors Ah, but she has stood her ground and maintained her witness. God has established an open door to the kingdom of God that no man can close. I'm telling you not anything man can do will ever close the door of God's church because of the testimony of their faithfulness because they have kept the word and refused to deny his name. God has established them as an open door to a lost world is anybody going to help me today ah oh, god indeed the church is a shelter in the midst of the storms of life the church is or should be a city of refuge a haven of hope a place where love and mercy flows where forgiveness can be found, where the grace of God reigns supreme. I like what Brother Regan said about he wanted this church to be known as a church of truth and a church of love. I'm telling you, without love, we're nothing. In the church, there is a place of restoration, a place of redemption an opportunity, an open door which cannot be found anywhere else in the world. This message to a weary church may very well be that God is the one that opened the doors of your sanctuary. And no matter what you come up against, uh, nothing in the world can shut the door that God has opened The world has tried to close the door of the church, but it cannot. I said the world has tried, but it cannot. This door will remain open no matter what the world does. Times may change. Generations may come and go, but the door of the church will always, always, always be open. Uh, The world may think it's found a better way, they may argue that religion is not relevant anymore. They may get puffed up in their knowledge and declare they become too smart for God. Uh, but I'm telling you there's always gonna be some hurting people. Uh, there's gonna be lonely and desperate people uh, looking for a place of refuge, uh, and the doorway to the church uh, will always be open to them. Uh, this door was opened by God and no man can close it. That's enough to shout about. I said, that's enough to shout about. Go tell the prodigal son that the door to the father's house will never be closed. I said, go tell the prodigal that we that the father's house will always be open. Go tell the lost that a way has been found. That open door is a powerful door. The gates of hell cannot prevent against it it's an effective door i said it's an effective door because the gospel still works Want everybody to understand under the sound of my voice, uh, there's no power in hell uh, that is greater than the power of this gospel. Uh, there is no sin that it cannot overcome, uh, there's no bondage it cannot break, uh, there is no enemy that it cannot conquer, uh, there is no devil in this world uh, that can stop the church. I said, It can stop the church. She might be weary. She may be a little worse for wear. But this door that was opened by God himself and nothing in this world has the power to shut it. Oh, God. Then there are others. Who say that this open door represents revival. And indeed, God has promised revival to his church. Second Chronicles seven fourteen through sixteen says If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. God said I've chosen this house God said I've sanctified this house I have my name here and my name will be here forever and ever I do believe that there is an open door of revival for this assembly I said go God my God Tala, a lot of a Hosita, a lot of a Hosita, a lot of a Hosiana. I do believe that they're coming. Our families, our children, our neighbors, and our friends. They're going to come through that open door into the church. And they're going to come down this aisle into these altars. And they're going to find God right here. I said they're going to find God right here. driving down the street are gonna feel so strongly to compel to stop and come in. Yes, yes, yes. We were preaching in Waynesville and Brother Smith told me, he said, Brother Mays, there's supposed to be some folks here. He said, they, they were just driving by and they said something told him to come in. And he said, they come in, and he said, we're having Bible study with them every Monday night. And we were there and I seen that man get up out of his pew. I had really not only just even started to preach, he got up out of that pew and he walked down that center aisle and he fell on his face right at the front pew. And he began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I'm telling you if he can do it there, he can do it here. I want to tell this church something. They are coming. They are coming. Amen. Look at somebody say they're coming. Revival is coming. This is a message to a weary church. Hang on. Help is on its way. Keep the door open because a lost world is getting ready to walk through that door. It's going to happen. They've been preaching about end time revival my whole life, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen right here. That burden will catch on. People will walk through those doors who will love this church, who will support this church. Oh, I said they're gonna love this church. They're gonna support this church. They're gonna be willing to give their lives for this church because this church is the best thing they're ever gonna find in this world. We may have just a little bit of strength left. We may be few in number. We may not have much in resources. But don't count the church out. And don't definitely count God out. Because revival is on the way. God opened this door and nothing in the world can close it. And there are some that say this door represents a door of power. The sick will be healed, the lost will be found, those who are bound will be set free through the power of the Holy Ghost. The hurting will find healing and the lonely will find a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The spirit of God will settle upon his church and the power of God will be loose to work like it's supposed to work in the church. Nothing will ever be the same again. There won't be any more ordinary services. Oh, God help me. I said there's not gonna be any more ordinary services. There ain't gonna be any more normal Sundays. Ah, no more normal business as usual. Church Services. The power of God will be loosed in the house. And every service is going to be a demonstration of the power and the anointing of God. Every time the people of God come together, God is going to show up and he's going to show out. This door of power, miracles are going to happen. Signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the word, not because of anything we do, but because the power of the Spirit of God that abides in His house among his people. We may only have a little strength, but our God has more than enough power to make mountains tremble and to cause the kingdom of hell to crumble. There is a door that only God can open, and he's getting ready to swing it wide open i said he's getting ready to swing it wide in the midst of his church get ready deliverance is coming to this house get ready healing is coming to this house get ready broken homes are getting ready to be put back together get ready years of spiritual bondage and depression are going to fade away just in one moment in his presence unspeakable and full of glory is gonna fill this house. And the peace that passeth all understanding is gonna be loosed in this place. Somebody go ahead and shout by faith because we don't serve a do-nothing God. God is always working. Some say that this door represents a door of grace. Now, I'm not here to argue about what grace is. But I can tell you this. Grace is just much, much more than just unmerited favor. I can say this because Titus 2, verses 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation, hath appeared unto all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's what grace is. It's grace that teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. It's grace that teaches us to live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. So grace is just much more than unmerited favor. Grace is help that I don't deserve and deliverance I did not earn. Ah, I said, No man can open the door to grace. That's God's business and His alone. Only He can open the door. But let me tell you something when doors swing open wide, you better get ready because His grace is where help comes from. His grace is where my hope lives. His grace will do so much more than just meet our needs. It will equip us to fulfill his calling in our lives. When our resources run out, his resources are just beginning. His grace and mercy is gonna step in and take over. When we've given all we have to give and we've done all that we know to do his grace makes up the difference he will never abandon us in the fight he will not fail us he will not disappoint us his grace is more than sufficient to meet every single need we'll be equipped for every good work Prepared and enabled every ministry that He's called us to. There are ministries sitting on these pews that have not yet been conceived. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There are some things that God is getting ready to do in our midst uh, through his people. Uh, when it's all said and done, uh, you're gonna have to step back and say, uh, scratch your head uh, and say, I even don't even know where that idea came from. I didn't even know I had it in me. I didn't know that God could use me like that. I was speaking to a friend of mine down in Louisiana. He's now pastor church. He said, Brother Mays, I, I didn't even know I would ever pat he said, I'm nothing. I said. God God's gonna use you. I said, God's gonna use you. I didn't know God could use me like that. He's getting ready to give dreams to some dreamers. Oh God, help me, somebody. He's getting ready to have, amen, to issue callings and establish purpose in the lives of his people. The grace of God is about to be loose in this house and it's gonna transform everything. God has a better plan for your life. God has a greater purpose for you. You better get ready because his grace is about to empower you. His spirit is about to inspire you. A holy boldness is going to come upon you, and you're going to walk into the harvest with a divine anointing on your life. Amen. I said somebody's going to start bringing souls to this church. Revival is going to happen. God is not waiting for someone else to come along. He's not looking for another group of people. He's not saying, "Well, if we only had the right people, if we only..." Had had more talent, if we only had more people with more ability Uh, and if our circumstances were better I said no, no, no no, 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 he's getting ready to use what he's got I said he's getting ready to use what he's got right here, he's getting ready to empower what is his, the grace of God is about to be loose The message to a weary church is that God has opened a door that no man can shut. We can talk about it all day and all night long about what we might or might not mean, but I think what it all means—I think it means every one of those instances I've gave. And what's more. I think that God, what God is getting ready to do for this church is beyond the scope of our ability to comprehend. We can only see what our human mind can imagine. But I'm here to declare that God is building something we cannot even fathom. I feel like the Spirit of God is saying to the church, Hold on. Hang in there. Don't give up just yet. I know right where you are. I know what you're going through. I want you to know I've established you and I've strengthened you. You are the door that I have opened to the lost. You are the door that I have opened to this world. So get ready. Amen. I said get ready. Get ready, Sister Riggin. Get ready, Pastor Riggin. You kinda love me Revival is coming through that door. I said, get ready. The power of the Holy Ghost is about to flow through that door. Get ready. The empowering grace of God is about to be loosed in this house. You may be tired. You may be weary. You may only have a little bit of strength. But hold on. Help is on the way. Help is on the... Your help is right here, right now. Be seated. Man, I feel this so strong. A message to a weary church, it's still just a simple message. Don't give up now. Whatever you do, don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop witnessing. Don't stop believing. Somewhere in the heavens, there's a door getting ready to swing, and it's going to swing wide open. There is a revival getting ready to take place. There is a demonstration of the power and the grace of God that is getting ready to be made manifest. Whatever you do, whatever it takes, don't quit the fight right now. I said, don't quit fighting right now. Somebody needs to settle the issue. Somebody needs to look hell in the eyes and declare I may be weak. I might be tired. I might be battle scarred. I might be bruised and I might be battered. But I'm still in the fight. I'm still in the fight because I refuse to become weary and well doing. I said, I refuse to become weary and well doing. Not going anywhere, Satan. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up the fight because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I wish somebody would grab a hold of this today. I said, come on, somebody. Amen, if you believe it, musicians, please come. Hey, hurry, hurry, hurry. A door to grace is swinging open in this house right now. Are you gonna be a part of it? I said, are you gonna be a part of it? Amen, get your hands on somebody. Bring them to the front amen let's pray I know my thy works behold I've set before thee an open door and no man can shut it I said no man can shut it for that's how a little strength and hast kept my word and thou hast not denied my name ah, don't be weary saints don't be weary amen I'm telling you what I felt I felt it twice and I'm feeling it again amen I'm looking back at empty pew where brother Weems sat and I believe God's going to send two, uh, to I said to replace him Go ahead. Amen. Why don't you pray for somebody? They may be weary. Amen. They might be weak. They might be tired. They might be battle-scarred, bruised, and battered. But they're still hanging on by a little bit. Come on, help them pray right now. Help them. Help them.